0: All right, so meet Bunny if you signed up to help set up the tables. Details are important, you know. Yeah, a wheel will come off if it's just not for people like Bunny.
1: Yeah, Lord, help all those people. <laughs> all right, so you know how sometimes you go to conferences and stuff, and the and the person who's speaking will get up there and have CDs and books that they want to give away. Y'all, y'all ever seen that, that's... I've never gotten anything like that. But I do have something to give away this morning. Who is the sweetest person in this room? All
0: right,
1: we're going to give it to Sue because she's getting the most fingers pointed at her. This is some chocolates for Sue. Actually... uh the Gabowskis, which some of y'all don't know then, they gave us three grocery bags full of those chocolates. They were going to take them down there to Nicaragua with them. Was it Nicaragua where are they going? They were going to take them to Nicaragua with them and give them to the kids in the dump that they're going to be ministering to. Isn't that powerful? They're going down there to minister to the kids in the dump. That's where their ministry is, is in the dump. But they wouldn't let them take them. So they took a bunch of stuffed animals. So they said, Y'all want some candy? Actually, they already left it here. Y'all want some candy? Well, we got some candy in this church. All right, how many, times, how many of you guys, now I'm not going to be preaching today, I've decided that, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit, few minutes, okay, not preaching, is that good? But uh, I did want to ask you, how many of you all seen, I was watching, it's been a bit ago, this guy who, I was watching him on television, and he had, this guy had an army tank on his stage, and he was dressed up, now I don't believe it was a real army tank, but it looked real, because you know, I don't know if no stage could handle an army tank, you know. That's a heavy piece of equipment, but it looked real. And this guy was dressed up in, uh, um, you know, army clothes, sort of like Wendell's. Yeah, except Wendell's was hunting clothes. Yeah, but that's that kind of thing. Have y'all y'all like that sort of uh, What do you call that? No, 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 no. What do you call it when somebody does that? All right. Well, anyways, I was thinking about this. Uh, when I was growing up, I went to a Presbyterian church, okay? Uh, and this was not the kind of church you sneezed in without permission. That was that kind of deal. It was just the way it was. You know, if you got it up in there. Uh, let me just tell you my story about what happened to me. I was sitting beside this kid one day in church, and he got the laughter. I mean, literally, he got the laughter in this Presbyterian church. And what happened was my daddy told me after church, I was going to get a whipping for tickling that boy. Okay, because he caused such a commotion in the church, and I did get a whipping over that, and I didn't do nothing. Okay, but I did a lot of other stuff I should have got whippings for, that I didn't. So it all worked out. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyways, I'm telling you. But of all the years I went to that church, I never remembered anything that anyone ever said, except for they had this one pastor one Sunday. He did a message, and I can remember the whole message. He did a message, and he dressed up like the characters he was preaching about. Okay? And that was pretty radical in those days. I mean, that was real radical. He didn't last. (laughs) That was pretty cool. But I have brought a prop today. Okay? That's my prop. And the reason I'm wearing this, prop, I'm wearing it for a reason. There's a good reason behind it, because I want you to remember what I'm saying to you today. Okay? I want you to remember it. So bad I'm going to look stupid up here do this, okay? So this is, this is something every one of us need to get. So if you don't remember the details, just remember this, and you'll remember what, what the Lord really wants to say to you. Okay, you know, we are in a year of grace. Did y'all know that? There's some grace being downloaded right now. Double grace, 2010, there's a year of double grace. And I believe we're going to see a lot of good things happen a lot of prayers being answered, a lot of breakthroughs. I I know that's the truth, and it really is a time for us to really enter into the enter into the rest of the gospel. The rest, everybody say rest, enter into the rest of the gospel. Amen. The rest of the gospel that we haven't been into. I think that's really it's, it's the Holy Spirit resting on us, okay, and learning peace and assurance, okay. Because in this world right now, peace and assurance is an important. Commodity to have, and the men, the people who have have true peace and tr- true assurance, are going to be people that ever, the world's going to flock to and force over with, because they, the ones who have real peace and real security, and only only people who can have that, is the people who have the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's is that right? Let's read Matthew 13: 10 through 12. And these these are very important verses. Okay, really, like not all other verses are not, but these are real important. We need, we need to get these. And the disciples came to, and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. To you it has been granted. See, that's something we all need to grab a hold of right now. Okay? It's been granted to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? That, it's, that, and we need, to, we need to pull on that. We need to go after that because it's been granted to us. Okay? But to them it has not been granted. These are people who are not in Christ. Okay? The people outside the body of Christ, outside, don't have this privilege of knowing the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But for whoever has, to him more shall be given. Everybody say, more shall be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken from him. All right, let me just go through a couple things, just one as a reminder. First is, in that verse 12, that's a spiritual law, a law of the spiritual world, like the law of gravity is a law of the natural world, that is a law of the spiritual world, and the law is like attracts like in the spiritual world. Y'all remember that. Like attracts like, in the natural world, boys like girls and girls like boys, that's the way God really created it to be, and that's the way it normally works, but the devil kind of messes people up sometimes but opposite attract in in the natural world. But in the spiritual world, it's not like that. In the spiritual world, like attracts like. best example I can give you in the Bible is when when Jesus sent, I think he sent the 70 out in Luke, where Jesus said, you go to a house, and if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. In other words, your peace is going to be attracted to his peace. But if there's no man of peace there, your peace will not be attracted to it. Do you all see that? Now here's the negative, the downside about it. If, if, if you are full of, of unforgiveness, bitterness, or any type of sin, guess what's going to be attracted to you? Bad stuff. The demonic world is attracted to sin. The demonic world is attracted to bitterness. The demonic world is attracted to criticism. Okay? So you, we need to pay attention to what's going on in our hearts. Because what we're thinking, what we're dwelling on, what's operating in our life is going to attract either Either the, the Holy Spirit realm, the angels, the Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus, the Father, all that, or it's going to attract the other crowd. The other crowd we don't want. Really, if, if you could see, this is what you would see. If you could step back in your life, okay, and see your unbelief from the Spirit perspective, it's like a nasty fire burning with a nasty smoke coming off of it. And all the, enemy, the enemy's loosed onto that and attracted to that. That's what they feed off of. Y'all got that. It's kind of an important deal, Really? There's lots of rules in the spiritual world that we need, to, we need to find out about so we can really begin to operate better. But the other thing is uh, I wanted you to see that's, that's really going to be a key for us is here's what I hear. I, we, we need to learn how to operate from abundance. Okay? This is what he said: Whoever has more shall be given. That, that's what Jesus said. More shall be given, and he will have an abundance. Now, we, we need to ask ourselves the question. See, this is where God wants to teach us. He wants to teach us how to quit living from want and fear and start living from abundance. Because we, we, we are bad. We're bad about living from the other side. We're real bad from, from living from want, from living from lack. And, you know, I hear people all the time, they'll say stuff to me. Here's, here's something somebody said to me recently. It really got me. A, I was like, I had to grit my teeth not to say anything. was this. Well, he was talking to me about something in the church, and he, this is what he said to me. If we don't do something, God's going to take them away. That's what he said to me. And I thought, that is not the truth. That is not the Holy Spirit speaking. Because number one, we didn't do anything to get it. We did nothing to get it. And I don't really have to do anything to keep it. It was given as a gift from heaven. Okay? Now, we need to be good stewards and all that, but what's motivating you? If you're being motivated by fear... Okay, to get to hang on something or to get something, it's going to mess you up. But that's how we really operate a lot. Now, here's the best example I got. See, it's, it's, it goes back to that orphan spirit mind, mindset, that poverty mindset. And here's a great example out of my own life. When I was growing up, uh, we grew up poor. Okay, so there was one day a week in our family, which was like the feast day, the banquet day, the great day. And the rest of the, of the week was like we were just scrapping around just trying to, to live and that one day a week was always a Friday night. My daddy would stop on the way home from work and buy groceries. Okay, he'd bring the groceries into the house. And literally, we were like a pack. I'm talking my, my sisters and brothers, my five of us. We were like a pack of stray dogs. Okay, that's how we were. Because we knew that that food and all that stuff, it was going to be there today. But tomorrow, there may not be anything there. So we fought like two, you know, like like a bunch of dogs fighting to get our share, to grasping at what we were going to get, because in our hearts we didn't think there was going to be anything else. Okay, and see that's the way a lot of the church is. Okay, we've been planning this lie. Now I'm just going to say this: we've been planning a lie. Here's here's a lie. If you if you ain't in church, you're going to miss God. You've missed it. Now that is a lie from hell. You haven't missed it. You see, when we begin to motivate people like that, motivate people that they've got to be here. Oh, there's a great revival going. You've got to be there. If you don't be there, you are going to miss it. That's, that's not true. That's not the way the Father works. There really is a fine line between hunger and thirst and after righteousness and living from this poverty spirit. That says, if you don't get it right now, you're not going to get it. You're going to be missed it forever. And I'm finding that the Father doesn't function like that. The Father doesn't think like that. The Father thinks from an abundance. His, his thought is this. There's always food here in this place. There's always an anointing. There's an endless supply of oil. There's an endless supply of wine. There's an endless supply of blessing. And so you, if, you don't, if you happen to miss something, just get it next time around. Because there's going to be a next time around with God. Because He's not run out of stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? See, we grew up in that kind of mindset. You know, and really, I'm going to tell you, in the long haul, it doesn't produce good fruit in you. It really doesn't. You can really manipulate people. And that really is manipulation. You can manipulate people around like that for a few years of their life. But sooner or later, the Lord's going to deliver people from that orphan spirit and they're going to find out they were believing the wrong thing. We've got to get back to this thing that says, there's abundance in the Father's house. My thought, and i'm going to live from abundance i'm not going to live from want i'm not going to live from fear of losing something do you do you see that that's really really a key uh, many mansions so if i'm if I'm living in fear of losing something okay if that's really what my motivation is my fear of losing something, then I have this orphan mindset okay then i'm going to lose something that's then I got this fear that if I don't do something, I'm gonna lose something. You can't, that's not really the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is, no, you're not gonna lose anything. You know, because I have an abundance. And so when we begin to think that way, everything shifts for us. And that's really the shift that God wants to do, is he wants to help us shift from a mindset of want, a mindset of fear. Now here's the deal. When I got to start begging God to do something, I mean, I'm not doing that. I remember one time praying with some guys and they got into this begging thing. I just thought, you know what? I'm going home. I can do better watching the ball game at home and sitting here with this because I'm going to wind up getting all upset because I don't want to beg God. You know? Now, I may be in a situation like this. Please, God! <laughs> Help! Well, I'm not going to sit around begging God to show me something and do something. We don't have to do that. God wants to reveal His will to you. He wants to reveal whatever you need into your life and show you how to walk in that without having to beg him or live in fear of, of, of losing something. Are you good? That's grace. Okay? Are y'all all right? All right, so you see, God has a lot of good stuff for us. So what I want to do is tell you about my dream here, okay, and about this. Because here's something that, hind- that I have discovered that has really hindered me in my spiritual life. Okay? This is, there's been a real hint. I've discovered this recently. About three weeks ago, this started up. Actually, it started up at the first of the year. Um, and I'll try to hopefully get back to that. But Because, you know, a lot of the answers we're looking for can be held up because of, of something that goes on up here. Okay? Um, three weeks ago, I had this dream. Very simple dream. I dreamed that Bob Jones, Big Bob, was here, and I was talking to him. And I was looking at him, and, all I, and, and what he had. Bob had... A beanie or a toboggan for a southern boys. I think the northern boys, northern boys don't call it, they call them toboggans or sleds. Stocking cap, man. Well he had a one he had one on. And it was just like this one, except for one thing. Okay, it had a little little small flame on it. And I will have, let me just divert for a minute. I happened to be walking through Dick's Sporting Goods, and I saw this. I thought, there it is! It's the exact color. I saw that in the dream, except it didn't have the orange flame. So I think, I'm going to look around and see if I can find the one with the orange flame on So I looked through Adidas, and I even went to TJ Maxx. Not a place for a man. That place is off limits. Stay out of there. Walk around that store like, I even went in there looking for one. They didn't have one. So I finally went back and bought this one at Dick's. But this is the exact thing I saw in the dream, minus the little flame there, the little orange flame. So I was looking at Bob. I said, Bob, I want one of those. And he said, you've got one. And I put my hand up there, and I had one on my head. That was the end of the dream. And I got up, and I was, uh, I said, I said, Becky, I had this strange dream. It was the first time I ever had a dream about Bob Jones. And I said, I had this strange dream of Bob. last night." I told her, I told Becky what it meant. She said, oh, well, you know what that means, don't you? And I said, No. <laughs> You know, sometimes God just gives you that spirit of not very smart. (laughs) That's what I had now. She said, Byron, you have never been a black and white person. You've always been a gray person. You've never been a real strongly opinionated person. That's that gray, you know, what we call a person who's not black and white. They're gray. You're a gray person. You don't have strong opinions. I thought, wow, that's it. That's really it, except for when she said that. I felt this prick. You ever felt that little prick in your heart? you think, oh, man, that just... She said that. Bob even said that in a dream. You know, I had that my head with no opinions. And I was great, I thought, well, I don't feel good. I just don't feel right. I don't feel good. So I had to get away. I went out. I went out for a little walk. And this is what the Lord said to me. I started asking him. this is what he said to me. He said... Byron, you're too opinionated. You have a lot of strong opinions about things. And it's caused you to become critical and judgmental. And when he said it, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I knew what he was talking about. You know how when God speaks to you, there's a list of things that unfold in front of your eyes. A list of people that you have suddenly got this opinion about this person. And because you had this opinion about them, you've gotten into criticism about him. Because you got crit- critical about them. you got judgmental about them. Now listen, uh, Now let me just say this. The Bible makes room for us to have opinions. Okay? It, it really does make room for it. Because it's impossible for a human not to have opinions. Okay? I'm not saying we shouldn't totally not have opinions. But here's what we need to do. Is we need to judge our opinions. And here's how you judge it. Is your opinion causing you to be critical towards what you have an opinion about? If there's criticism... You're out. He told me this. He said, Byron, you have no right to have an opinion, those opinions. You don't have a right to those opinions. Okay? Now, that was, are you all right? That got solid on me. Okay? Now, this is, this is important. Okay, because when I realized what was happening in my life, because I was going through some stuff at the time about people and about situations where I'd really gotten a strong opinion going Really, it went beyond opinion. I got real, I was real, I had become critical towards him and I had become judgmental towards him. Okay? And that was really what was working in my life. It wasn't just having an opinion, it was having a criticism and a judgment in my heart. And this is what the Lord told me. This is what he said to me. He said this, Grace releases. Opinions bind. Grace releases. Opinions binds. Okay? Opinions are the free fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, y'all know where that tree is, okay? Grace is a fruit of the tree of Christ, the tree of life. You choose which tree you're going to eat from. That's what he said. You choose it. You can eat a, eat a, eat from the tree of of life, and and have grace. Now, when here, if I have a judgment towards Matthew, if I had a criticism or a strong opinion of him, if I do, guess who's going to be bound? Not necessarily Matthew. I'm going to be the one that's bound, okay? But if I have grace towards this thing, towards him, I'm going to be released. See, I'm not going to buy Matthew, and I'm not going to release Matthew necessarily. But if I'm walking around in my mind thinking all this bad stuff about him, I'm the one that's bound. Now, some of us are bound today. Okay, some of us are bound. And we're bound because we have opinions that we shouldn't have. We have illegal opinions. Okay? Illegal opinions. And therefore, we're not really able to get breakthroughs. We're not able to hear the, hear the Father's voice. We're not really able to come into this abundance thing I'm talking about. Because the opinions are keeping us out. Um, let me just go ahead and tell you this other little, little, little story. At the first of the year, here's, I had, we had this had this thing. Me and Robin, Robin McMillan had this little thing planned. We wanted to have a, like a little retreat. and we But we wanted it to be one of these... Uh, what do you call those things when you? it's a quiet time when you go away and you want? Sold two kind of deal. But he was scared to go by. I know he was. He didn't say it. He was scared. He had went and tried this one time by himself and these angels showed up and he got scared off them. So he really, he wanted to go do it, but he wanted to drag me in there with him just in case those angels came and they started doing stuff. He was going to throw me to them. That's I, well, I know, I know that's what he was going to do. Well we had this thing, we were gonna go together, you know, and and have fellowship with each other, but the time was really gonna be spent to be alone with the Lord, you know, and soak in the presence of God. Over you know, we were gonna go on a Thursday, I think, and stay till Saturday night, and and then he was gonna come that Sunday and preach. I think that's how we had planned it. Well, the day we're supposed to go, he calls me, Byron, I can't go, I can't go because something's going on down here at at Morningstar. And he said, But I've worked it out. We can do the retreat here. I wasn't real happy about. It. I mean, who's gonna get solitude down there? You know, there ain't no solitude down there. He said, "I got it worked out. I got you a free room." Okay. Now, the first thing I thought was, "Dang, them rooms! I've been in them rooms. They ain't them rooms are old. You know, they are old. They ain't nothing special. It's not like staying at the the Hyatt or something like that. Not staying at no high-rise with no balcony looking over the city. It was none of that." But I was decide I was gonna go ahead and do it. I thought, Yeah, I'll do it. You know, maybe it'll, you know, because I was needing to hear something from the Lord. Like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm needing- God. I'm wanting to connect with you on so I have some things I need to connect with God on. Do y'all have some stuff like that? Well, all of us do. And I was desperate to kind of hear some connection. I'm like, I got to get away and get away from all the the static around me, so I can hear some hear the Father's voice a little bit. So I get there unhappy. Walk up to the room and I knew right the moment I got to the room I knew that God was up to something because there was a plaque on the door or on the wall there next to the door that said the room had been restored or something by Abba Christian Fellowship from Brazil. I knew, oh, this is good. The Abba, the Father, he had me in that room. The Father had that room for me. I was really getting a little bit like faith all of a sudden. Abba, you know, I'm into Abba, you know, I'm into the Father. So I walk into the room and it's a suite. I mean, it was a sweet, sweet. It was one, I don't know how, it must have been a mistake. It was one they put their high dollar preachers in, you know. So here I was thrown up in this huge suite. I mean, had a cow. I mean, it was nice, man. I mean, it really was. So I was thrown up in there. I was happy, man. Then, but then the next thing happens. Robin wants me to go to this meeting. So I was going to go there. I wasn't going to go to no meetings. I thought, they can have their own meetings. I don't need their meetings. I'm here to hear God. I ain't going to hear God all about all that noise going on. Now, he wants me to go to this meeting and there was going to be somebody there in that meeting that I did not want to see. And you know why I didn't want to see that person? Because I had issues with that person. Real strong issues. Real strong opinions. Real strong judgments. Real strong criticism. I didn't want to be around I didn't want to be in the same room. You know. But I went ahead and went. And I faced the guy. In fact, I actually had a personal conversation with the guy. And he was telling me some personal things in his life that had happened to him over the things that I was having my strong opinions about. Really, kind of broke my heart for him. Really, saw sort of saw his personal things in his life. Where he's one thing he said to me, he said, "I, he said, I lost everything. I lost, I lost the most important things in my life. I've lost them over what I've done." And it broke my heart when he said that. mean, it crushed me when he, when he said. So I repented. I was able to repent, and I was happy. Okay, I was a happy man. I didn't have to, met, you know, I didn't, that's off my list. I'm good with this guy. God bless him. You know, I don't have to you know, be all hooked up with him, but I don't have, to have, I don't have to criticize him. I don't have to have an opinion about him. And I was just happy, and the next day at lunch, oh, I get, hey, guess who's going to be here tonight? I thought, oh, no. This is even worse. No, I've had an opinion about this guy, a bad opinion about this guy for years. It ain't been for six months. It's been for years. I've had these issues with this group. Anytime anybody bring it up, I've worn. I even got where people I was that I really trust, I'd say, like, uh, uh, don't mess with them. Mm-mm, you don't want to be involved with them. They they got leaven, and you know, I'd say all this stuff. And oh, I just knew the Lord was really getting me because I went down there, and th- and this guy gets up and starts ministering down there, and I thought, oh my gosh. This guy has been in the Holy Spirit River, and he has, something's happened to him that's really good. He he has this real sweetness on him. He has this real freedom and this joy coming out of him. And I'm thinking, and I'm sitting here holding all this judgment against that man. And I I was able to repent then, you know, from that strong opinion of him. But here's the beauty, okay? okay. That was that was liberating to really get those two, because those probably would be the two people. That I really had issues with, that I would badmouth them in my mind, and possibly badmouth them to other people. But so I was able to repent and get all that right. And I went to bed that night. And I couldn't sleep for nothing. I just couldn't sleep. And finally, I thought, I think the Lord's keeping me awake. And I said, Lord, are you keeping me awake? And He said, He said, I want to answer your questions. The thing you wanted to accomplish. The things that you came here to hear me about, I'm ready to talk to you about them because I got rid of those things up there that were hindering me. Y'all see that? Once you get rid of your strong opinion, your strong criticism, your strong judgment, then the spiritual communication suddenly gets released so you can begin to hear God. Because it's it's not that the Father's withholding information from us. I'm telling you, he does not hold it. That information is right here in front of you that you need. It's flowing. The problem is, is you put a firewall up that can't, that information can't get through. Do you all see that? It's not that he's holding back. We've built the firewall around ourselves to keep that information from, you know, coming in to our lives. Are you all following this so far? All right, let me finish. The, so that was, that was important. So then, you know, I had the dream about Bob. Becky gave me the interpretation. Y'all, I'm getting you back to there, okay? So, the next day, I was somewhere doing some ministry, okay? And a friend of mine said, hey, Byron, would you like to go to lunch with me? There's some pastors that are going to gather, and just a sort of a spontaneous thing. So, it was a free lunch, so I thought, yeah, I've got to eat some lunch. You know, I don't really, I'm not really big into those kind of things, but I did decide I'd go for that one, okay? And guess who was there, who happened to be there? V.J., Okay? Now this is the day after I had that dream. So I walked up to him and I said, hey Bob, I had this dream. And you in it. He said, what was it? I said, you had this toboggan, stocking, beanie or whatever they call it, and I had one on just like yours. He said, that's really good. Do you know what it means? I said, uh, I think I do. (laughs) What does it mean, Bob? He said, That's Zechariah 3. You have a clean mind. That's really good. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Now, first, before I lose this, when I had the dream, and when Becky said that to me, that was God's invitation to me. That was His invitation. He was saying to me, Byron, I'm inviting, that was that little prick, I'm inviting you into something here, because your mind ain't clean, son. And you can have a clean mind if you want it. Okay, and that's when I went out and had that little talk with God, and He began to show me my strong opinions that I had no right to. Okay, and so then the next day, you see, I think God went to a lot of trouble to get get my attention on this. This, to me, that's why I got this on. This was the only one, this color that I saw in decks. In fact, they told me there ain't no more. I said, "Y'all got any more of these?" Because I wasn't want to play. They said, "There's no more." This is it. We're in, you know when they're, when they're gone, they're gone. This is the end of the season. There ain't nobody got to tabog- buy. Nobody's putting fresh toboggans out on their store shelves these days. It, winter's over with as far as the stores are concerned. They're thinking short sleeves and shorts. Okay? I think God went to a lot of trouble to get my attention about this. Okay? Because he was, but I don't think it was just me. I think it was me and you. Okay? It's me and you. Because I think we're carrying around opinions that the Lord is saying to us today, you don't have a right to those opinions. You know, I had fallen into that. i admit, I'm a great person. I don't carry strong opinions about lots of things, but when I get one, it's pretty strong, you know? I mean, I can sort of look on both sides and float around, and yeah, I'm over here, and then, no, I'm over there, I'm over here, I'm over there, I'm over here. There's a place for being black and white. When the Lord says black, guess where the place should be? You should be black. If he says white, guess what you should be? You know? But see, here's what's happening. Is, is We have to get our information from the right place. You and I can get opinions from the Lord about things if we'll ask Him. But you have to bear to get that. I'm telling you, this is what you've got to do. You have to surrender your opinion to Him. You have to let go of your opinion. And if you will do that, if you will surrender and let go of it, He'll give you his opinion. But he will not give you his opinion if your opinion is sitting there in the way. You just like bouncing. I mean, I could think this. I could think Matthew, Matthew Bollinger has got... Uh, Matthew Bollinger is ugly. Let's just make it simple. Okay? Every time I look at him... I could think, man, that guy is ugly. I am sick and tired of being around ugly people. I am just he's got to do something. I just can't deal with this guy. He's just too ugly. You know, I could start building this thing up about Matthew. But instead of, you know, that thought that comes he's ugly. Wait a minute. Lord, I think Matthew's ugly. That's how I really think. That's my opinion of him. What do you think? But because I'm I'm gonna lay my opinion down, Lord. <laughs> The Lord said, no, Matthew's not ugly, but Andy is. <laughs> That's what Matthew said. Andy got busted. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, if you really want to get access the mind of Christ, what I'm telling you, it's like the doorway into his mind. Okay? When I submit my thoughts, when I spit my opinions, and I've found out opinions are a big part of our thoughts. When I begin to submit those opinions to Him and be willing to let them go, even if I are strong about it, especially when He says, That's not my opinion. I'm sorry, Lord, I think that. You forgive me for thinking that. I, re- I reject that thought. What's your Matthew's handsome. Huh. Matthew's handsome. Matthew's handsome. Why? Oh, no, Matthew's not. Oh, yes, He is. He's handsome. Handsome because. Because the Lord says he's handsome, you know, and God really wants to teach us how to access His opinions. We really don't. I mean, honestly, we can eat. This is what He said: You can choose. I said that right. You choose which tree you want to eat from. You you choose the tree of life, or you choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But whichever tree you choose, you're going to get fruit from it, and it's going to direct the course of your life. Are you? Are y'all hearing me? i 'm telling you what i'm what I'm telling you is a reality that's why I got this song yeah
0: I just want to say this before we, he moves on, but I'm really feeling a real sense uh, right now that the Lord wants to deal with your opinions and my opinions about i don't know why particularly but with within your family and um I just feel that that it's if we can learn to release the opinions within your own families—it's um, going to really breathe a lot of life into those relationships. Um, I feel like the Lord has really shown me that the enemy hates family; he really despises family, and the reason why is because God is a family—He's Trinity: Father, Son, Holy Spirit—and uh, He's a fan. God's all about family. And um, if you, I've been reading through Leviticus, and it's interesting. So much of what is through there really is about our relationships and how we're to relate. And so I feel this morning, if we can really learn to release our opinion about our family members, and this is the children, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, I'm talking about family. I feel like a lot of life is going to get released. And um, the Lord was reminding me about something the Lord did in me. Years ago, within one of my family members, a brother that I actually loved dearly, but had gotten greatly disappointed, and I've had, and the Lord has taught me over the years how to release my opinion about things in His life, and you, and it's so awesome to see the love of God flow. See, those things are hindrances to love flowing; it's hindrance to the Father's love flowing through us, and um. And I, I just want to say that I believe that's a word this morning. And this is the second word I'm getting. Some of us have a strong sense of justice. A lot of people that are black and white have a strong sense of justice in them. And it's God-given. God's put you here with that. It's that there's a reason for it. The Lord, the throne of God itself is established with righteousness and justice. But it's only good if it's in His opinion's. So that justice has to be in the Holy Spirit and grounded in the Spirit of God, not in opinion. So I feel like some of you, you know who you are. God's given you. You're built that way. You have a strong sense of justice. But if if it's only in your own opinion, you'll never really go into the destiny that God has for you. So I know that's for a hand. I don't know who this morning, but there's people in this room geared that way. So
1: That was good. So if you if your opinion leads to criticism and judgment, okay, you have fallen from grace. You're no longer operating in grace. If you have opinions that have led you into criticism and judgment, you are not walking in grace. Now here's how you get back in grace. You repent, and by faith you step back in. It's easy to do that, really. Believe me, I mean you step out of grace I, I do, you get right back in by repentance. Are y'all y'all hearing that? All right, now let me read the Zechariah 3 because we're running out of time. I do want to read it to you because we're going to do communion and we want to apply the blood to where it needs to be applied to. Zechariah 3, you know, that's what Bob said to me. Did I say that? He said, That's Zechariah 3. I'm thinking, What? Zechariah 3, what the heck is that? He's oh, always a turban thing. You know that, yeah. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest. Standing before the angel. Now, Zechariah was a seer, man. He was seeing some stuff. Standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And you see where all that accusation comes from. That's that coming out of our mouth. There's somebody else whispering in our ears and it's going through our mouth. So be careful. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. So that's really important for us to realize. When it comes to the dealing with the enemy, the Lord wants to rebuke the enemy. Okay, not us. We're not really not supposed to be going around rebuking the devil. I'm going to just tell you that right now. If you're doing that, you're messing up. You're 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 trampling on ground. But the Lord will rebuke the devil for you. You know. And in the New Testament, where it talks about, I wanted to say this because a lot of people are always pulling that rebuke thing about you know Jesus rebuking the wind and stuff. Really, literally in the New Testament, that's you know when you say I rebuke you, Satan, that is not even. In the New Testament. Rebuking the New Testament is like this. You stink. You're ugly. Because, and now think about it. Satan is the most arrogant thing there is. He's the father of arrogance, the father of pride. Anytime you de- dice him like that or dice any demon like that, they get a, they get, it hurts their feelings because they're so full of pride. You start telling them they're ugly and they stink. That's the rebuke. That's how the Lord, if you go and study that, what that literally means in the Bible, when Jesus rebuked the enemy, He was basically telling them, you stink and you're ugly. You know, get away from me. And they left because they didn't like being, you know, get the throwdown on them. So you can put a throwdown on the devil like that. Now Joshua's, uh, that's just another thing. Is this not a brand plug, but y'all need to get that. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angels. So that's, that's his state was that. He spoke and said to those who were standing before him, this was the Lord, remove the filthy garments from him. That's good. That's what the Lord wants to do. That's what the blood does. Again he said to him, see I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festal, festal robes. How many would like to have a festal robe? That's, Sound like a fun thing, right? Sound like happy, you know, festival. That's what it sounded like. Then I said, then I said, that's the Lord, let them put what? A clean turban on his head. Now I'm telling you something. He wasn't talking about clothes there. Okay? That, that was symbolic. He was talking about cleanliness of heart, cleanliness of life. Cleanliness of mind. Okay? That, that's really what the Lord's trying to communicate here. Is he wants to put something clean on your head today. He wants to put something clean on your heart today if, it's, if it needs to be clean. See, I have taken away your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festival. Yeah, I've already read that. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, if you kick into your old orphan spirit mindset here, you're going to think about, Oh, Lord, I've got to walk in your ways and perform your service. If I don't, nothing else is going to happen. Like, you've got to do some big thing. No, this is the grace of God. It's receiving the grace of God to walk in His ways. I mean, how else are we going to do it, really? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. I mean, I don't care how smart and long you've been a Christian. That's what he was talking about. If you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to serve Him by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by the power of your own ability. That's that's grace. That's a grace message. Uh, If you would do that, he says, then you will govern. That's where real authority is going to get released. If you really want real authority, okay? And he's showing us how to get into the authority realm, the governing realm of God. It's being cleansed. The cleansed mind. Those opinions are gone. Are y'all seeing this? How many want authority? How many want to step into that governmental thing where you can start taking authority over things? Really binding, really losing, having real authority in heaven. Well, I've just told you how to do that. Okay, there's a, there's a passageway in there. You, you'll have governed my house and have charge of my course, and I will grant them here's the great one. I love this. I will grant you free access among those who are standing here. You know what that those who are standing here? That's the heavenly realm. Free access. God has granted to us to know the mysteries. That's what he's saying right there. God has given us access into the mystic realm of heaven, the revelatory realm, the grace realm, the open heaven realm. He's given us that, but if your mind is stuck on your opinions, your mind is stuck on all this other stuff, it's not going to get there, okay, because it's hindering. Are you all good? The blood's sufficient for our minds. Now, let me just give you this one last little thing just to make sure you understand this. In the Old Testament, remember what they did when the destroying angel came. They said, you've got to put the blood on your house, and if you put the blood on your house, the angel will pass over your house. Okay, everybody who's got the blood on their house, the destroying angel could not go to that house. But if he didn't see it, he went. And it didn't matter who you were. If he didn't see that blood, he was going in there, the destroying angel. And see, that's what's happening with people. okay. They're not, these, these uh, spirits are not seeing the blood on your mind. And they're going right into your mind and they're trampling your mind. And they're bringing stuff in there. They're bringing thoughts and patterns of thoughts and building strongholds in your life through these lies. Okay? So what we can do is we can apply the blood. That, that's really the doorway to your life. Like he said, put it over the doorway of your house. The doorway of your house is here. Okay? If you'll put the blood there... Through repentance, okay, you start, you know, you repent, you change your mind, you apply the blood. He said, he said, uh, put it on the lentils, y'all know what the lentils, just in case you don't know what the lentils are, because I I thought, what the heck's a lentil? That's a bean. (laughs) What are they talking about? It's this. This is the lentils. Put it there, put it there, and put it up here, okay? But Derek Prince pointed out, you don't put it down there because you don't step on the blood. That's why it's not down there. And if you'll put it there, the destroyer won't have access to your mind. Okay? He won't, act, he won't and, here's, and this is how he destroys your mind. He brings thoughts in there. He brings opinions in there. He brings lies in there. Okay? Now, this will make a big difference in your life if you'll do this this morning. Your opinions. You see, I've learned this about me, and I think it's true of all of us. A big area of our thinking is opinions. A big area. And so when we begin to lay those opinions down, we begin to repent of the ones that we know produce bad fruit in our life, then our mind gets protected. Okay? So Becky brought out two. One opinion, and that's a hard one. I meant that about family members. Uh, People that you're close to. It's easy to get opinions about people you're close to. You had to just reject them over and over and over. I'm sure Matthew and, and Marlon and Andy, they're rejecting opinion, bad opinions about me constantly. Right? They're having to. <laughs> Cause, you know what I'm saying? When we're around each other, we do stuff and act in ways where people have to deal with that. We're all like that. But we've got to reject those things. We've got to put them down. We've got to push them down and not receive that. And keep going back to the Lord for His opinion. Because he wants to give us his opinion. And when we release his opinion, we, we release life. Another thing I think that needs to be pointed out this morning is opinions about yourself. Okay? Now, that was one thing I was praying for somebody at the first service about. They said they had a problem with opinions. First thing I felt all over them was opinions about themselves. They have bad opinions about themselves. And because they have bad opinions about themselves, they are just locked up. They had chains on them, you could see the chains. Got to praying for them saw that, you know, they got to repenting about their opinions about themselves and started seeing these chains fall off of them. They were getting free because they were letting go of opinions about themselves and accepting what, what the Lord says. Because the Bible, the Bible teaches us this about the blood. It's, God's happy with the blood. The devil has to bow to the blood. And the one person who always seems to have difficulty in doing it is us. Right? So we've got to ask ourselves, if God's happy with it and the devil has to bow to it, well, I've got to be happy with it. So you've got, to be, you've got to receive the forgiveness. and You've got to forgive yourself. Let the blood be sufficient. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. and So that's what I just shared with you is about the abundance thing. About how to live in abundance. And I shared with you how, what keeps you from living in abundance. Because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Thus, the prayer that was prayed a few years ago, "More Holy Spirit," is a really good prayer today. You know, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit today? It, right in the context that people need. Uh, so, there's more of the kingdom to be released in our life. There's more of the activity of God. There's more from the We don't have to live like one week. I got one day of feasting, and I'm gonna get all I can get. In fact, I'm gonna steal a few. <laughs> I'm sure you know. I used to steal candy in my house. We, we was ration candy. Like we were out, like literally, here, yeah, you get three, you get three, you get three. I'd steal three more. Got caught one time. That's what you do when you're, when you're an orphan. You steal, you, you grub, you grab, you greedy. That's where it all comes from. Because you think tomorrow there'll be nothing. I mean, The Lord wants us to live in a place of, well, we are stewards. But we're stewards because we're so blessed, we're so touched, we're so full that we don't have to do all that crazy manipulation. We've already got it all. We're just blessed and it's going to express the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The blessing of God wants to make us fellowship, not somebody telling us we're going to miss it. The blessing of God wants us to go. Oh, we want to be at the revival meeting. We want to see God move and touch people because we love Him and we love when He touches people. Not because, oh, we're going to miss it if we're not there. We've got to break all that stuff off of our life. Get it all out. Because that's not the way the Father works. That's not the kingdom. That's not the God's heart. He wants people free. He wants to free us a here. So we can live full. And we all can live full. I'll tell you, it works. Amen? So we're going to do communion this morning. If you repent, if you feel like the Lord's showing you anything about any of this we've talked about or anything else, you, know, you can repent about anything you want to in this church. Oh Lord, we want to ask you to forgive us today to thinking that you're stingy and you buy groceries once a week and you just throw it out there, and we're like a bunch of a pack of wild dogs feeling like we're going to starve tomorrow. Well, we're not going to starve tomorrow because when we wake up in the morning, you got another feast, and, and Tuesday another one, and Wednesday, Lord, this is eternal, Lord. We we want to quit living from lack. We want to quit living from, from not having, but from having at all. We want to live from that place. Lord, show us how to do that. Teach us. Remove those things from us. Father, thank you this morning for everybody in this room. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray there's a blessing abundance that we would all learn how to live from abundance. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to do communion now. Amen. And Andy's going to do some music. And uh, so, amen.